Welcome to the Grow People Podcast. That is Pastor Jason sitting right there. Uh, we're both Hello. wearing vests today. Apparently, it yes. is vest weather. Got yeah. the got the message. Uh, my name is David Stein. I'm the campus pastor uh, in Canton. The purpose of the Grow People Podcast is to help grow people, and and we want to do that today in a little different way than we would normally mm -hmm. do. Normally, we spend some time having fun, talking about things of great import, like brisket, cookies, and such. Sports. Uh, sports, yeah. Today, uh, we're going to talk about the biggest story happening in the world, um, the war in Israel. Mm -hmm. And and we're going to do this from three perspectives uh there's a purpose to this we want to talk about the history we want to talk about the geology we want to talk about the theology yeah and there will be some difficult things that we're talking about there are a lot of complexities about what we're talking about today did but, you mean to say genealogy instead of geology Geography. I wanted to say geography. geography. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure there. <laughs> like, I didn't know we were talking about rocks. <laughs> I know we said we, this wasn't going to be funny, but that's a little levity to the conversation. No, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the cold medication. I, I'm on a very unhealthy combination of over-the-counter medications. <laughs> you know when you look up, hey, should you be taking this and this, and it says don't do that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just want uh, to make sure. History geography geography topography is also important very yeah. important in israel and also the theology yeah um there, there are going to be some pretty basic things we're going to talk about and some complexities but our desire today is obviously not to resolve the conflict uh, or come up with the solution yeah uh, our desire is to shed some light on just what's happening why it's happening and how we as believers should think about yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, let's start with the history. Let's start with that. Uh, morph into some of the geography because it is important to understand the region. Mm -hmm. But it's more important right now to understand the why behind the what. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important. And I, I know you have gotten this question quite a bit. I've gotten this question quite a bit. Um, because it is national, I mean, it's international news, you know, and in fact, I remember it was the morning of WOCO. You asked me if I had seen what had happened in Israel and, and I hadn't, but honestly, when you said it, I didn't think, it's not that I didn't think that much of it. It was like, Oh, what now? Yeah. You know, no, like, well, this always happens. It's always happens. But unfortunately this time it was way worse. Um, yeah. The most horrific things you could ever imagine to the point where this week uh, the Israelis actually got 300 reporters together. Yeah. And and this is something they would never do. Yeah. And you and I were both listening to the same uh, radio show yesterday. Yeah. Um, the, the Jewish people have very strict rules and laws about burial. Yeah. And the dead. And dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is highly, highly out of the ordinary, but they got the uh, reporters together and they showed the video footage yeah. that they had taken from Hamas I, I don't, terrorists. terrorists I yes. don't want to call them soldiers. No, not soldiers. Um, A lot from, of more civilians. Yeah. Uh, from Hamas terrorists mm -hmm. who were wearing body cams, who were filming it on WhatsApp and sending it back to their families yeah. of the horrific atrocities 
that were committed against the Jewish people yeah. uh, two Saturdays ago. Yeah. Um, so in, in light of that and all of the things that have come out since that and protests here in the United States and around the world, we want to shed some light on the historical significance of this yeah, and then some theological significance. Yeah. And like I said, when you told me that day, I had no, of course, no one really knew, you know, they, we just knew that an attack was happening. Mm -hmm. We didn't know how grim and how evil, as you just referenced to the extent of that, you know, my first thought was like, Oh, Hamas fired some rockets again. I mean, they do mm -hmm. that on the daily. Mm -hmm. you know, they did it while we were there, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's unfortunate. Uh, and an unfortunate way of life for people in Israel. But this was way different. It was actually on a Sabbath, uh, on the Sabbath. It was on a the end of a Jewish holiday. And I didn't realize this, but it was actually 50 years to plus one day from the Yom Kippur War. Yes. Um, so it was a very highly coordinated attack by Hamas terrorists, which mm -hmm. is a terrorist organization. And we'll get into this that controls it, They are the governing body in Gaza, mm -hmm. the, the people of Gaza. And so they actually took over in 2007. So they are backed by, uh, Iran and, uh, funneled money, you know, cause Iran kind of fights proxy wars by funneling uh, money to, to Hamas in the South or Southwest and Hezbollah in the North. And so Israel was under attack mm -hmm. and they broke through and yeah, went in and literally slaughtered innocent civilians. Mm -hmm. um, and it is important to note that it was on a holiday. Yeah. A holy day. Holy day. Uh, and it is exactly why the attack happened on the Yom Kippur holiday yeah. uh, back in 1973. Yeah. And the purpose is even... It's not as horrific as the acts, but it the purpose is horrific in that they want to make sure that there is no um, celebration yeah. of a holiday. Yeah, so, exactly. So Yom Kippur for 50 years in Israel is a remembrance day of what happened in 1973. Yeah. Uh, it is, of course, always the Day of Atonement. Yeah. Uh, but here on a Sabbath day, here at the end of Sukkot, uh, they wanted the Israeli Jewish people to have that memory next year. Yes. Not a celebration of the harvest. Yeah. They wanted it. They wanted to turn a celebration into a morning, mm -hmm. which again, that is the evil of it. And, and a lot of the questions that we have gotten, which are good questions about, okay, what is, what is going on? Why is Hamas attacking Israel? Why and then there's this word, two words primarily that get used a lot, the Palestinians mm -hmm. and Palestine. Um, and people, I think the general public understand that the Palestinians and Israel hate each other or are fighting each other. I guess just because I wouldn't say Israel hates them. Um, but it goes back to the history of the land which mm -hmm. that's what we want to talk about. And because I think it's very important for people to understand that there has never been a state of Palestine and there is not, um, although country, there are a lot of countries in the world that recognize the Palestinians, but the Palestinians by definition aren't a people and, th and they don't have a land. 
Um, and that is the, that's the whole argument. That's mm-hmm. the whole reason that they're fighting. And, it, and, and we have to go back historically to understand. Um, and again, specifically for those that are believers, um, but I know even your family who are Jewish and you've had conversations, there's confusion, confusion to Jewish people. Yes. Not understand, like wrongly thinking that Israel somehow stole land. Yeah. We're, we're all learning. Yes. <laughs> we're all learning in this process, but yeah. I, I had to have conversations with my mom over the last two weeks that started with, well, this is what happens when the Israelis steal the land. Yes. And I was like, well, hang on, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you getting that from? Yes. And behind that is that understanding that if you are, and my mom is very social media savvy. Yeah. Um, she is 92. She uses an iPad all day long. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's kind of become like Lindsay's grandpa, uh, grandmother's the same way. Like, boy, they know the iPad, man. Like it is, <laughs> it has replaced the mm-hmm. newspaper. But due to algorithms, and I had to explain this to mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. whatever my mom searches, that's all the information she's going to get. Yeah, She's going to get one-sided information that's mm-hmm. going to cause her to believe a certain ideology about what's going on. Yeah, a narrative. And the, and the narrative wrongly has been painted as like Israel is colonizers and a part of colonization, which mm-hmm. is a very bad word in academia now that's describing basically the history of the world. And I'm not saying there weren't atrocities committed in the name of colonization. Of course there were, but it, what we have to understand specifically about this, which gives a broader context into just the way the world, the history of the world has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a stat just the other day that less than 1% of any people group on the planet um, that exists now are, have an original homeland. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this idea, a lot of people think now that all these native peoples had these lands. Well, it's like, well, you're actually picking out one moment in history and then calling them the native people. Like in the land of Israel, you have to go... It's like, okay, the the argument from the major narrative that we're discussing is, well, the the Palestinians, which a better way to describe them is Arabs, mm-hmm. which Arab, literally the term Arab means inhabitants of the desert. So Arabs is a, uh, it's almost like you would say North Americans or, you know, it's describing a group of people that live in a region. So... In, in the Middle East, all the Arab countries, which would include, obviously, Israel, Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, anything that's desert, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of a term that's used to describe the Arabs. So that's not a derogatory term is what I'm saying. Um, well, yeah, before the, the, nation, the nation of Israel, before it was created in 1948, there were Arab people living in the land. That is not in dispute. What is in dispute, though, is the idea that somehow the Arab people had rights to that land before Israel did. Excellent. Yeah, that is the and you can just do a simple history, which we've I mean, I studied this in seminary. We've been having a conversation about this. You go all the way back to, you know, the promise that God made to Abraham. Mm -hmm. um, And he said, I will give you this land and your descendants, which was thousands of years before Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And back when when I, when Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, that was on Mount Moriah, which is where the Temple Mount is now. So you have to go way back to there. Which during that period of time, it wasn't it wasn't really occupied. There were people groups living around the Canaanites, the Philistines, which we'll talk about them because that's a an important uh, actor in this story. <laughs> And so God said, I'm going to give you this land. Well, it was very raw, undeveloped land at that point. And well, then we know our Bible history, um, the descendants of Abraham, you know, through Isaac, Jacob, he has 12 sons. They become the 12 tribes, you know, then they're in Egypt for 400 years. Mm -hmm. And then they come out of Egypt uh, and God gives them because he's turning them into a people, um, as I like to say, he took a man, made a family, turned that family into a nation, and then now made it into a family of nations. So historically speaking, biblically speaking, the nation of Israel or the because remember, Israel was a person. You know, it was a person with 12 sons. That's biblically. They had rights to that land thousands of years before uh, any Arab people or Muslim people, Muslims didn't e- weren't even a religion until 600 AD. Um, so again, just a simple history of understanding the history of the land. Solomon built the first temple in 960 BC. So 960 years before Christ. And then again, you know, your old Testament, unfortunately the people of Israel, uh, the nation of Israel didn't obey God So God sent them into exile. They Mm -hmm. split into two kingdoms, Northern kingdom, which was Israel, Southern kingdom, which was Judea, which is where the term Jews comes from. Mm -hmm. It comes from Judea, um, from the tribe of Judah. Well, the Northern kingdom falls in the 700s. The Southern kingdom where Jerusalem is fell in uh, 586 to the Babylonians. So it went from the Jewish people to the Babylonians. Then it went from the Babylonians to the Persians. Yep. And then during the Persians, uh, that's when Nehemiah and Ezra were written. They were allowed to come back. Uh, it was that 70 year of exile that Jeremiah prophesied. So they come back. Nehemiah rebuilds the wall. And now the people of Israel are back in their homeland. Um, then it goes into the Hellenistic era, era, which was the power, you know, the Greeks. So they came at Daniel talks about a lot, a lot of this as well. Um, and it was during that time period when construction on the second temple yes. began, uh, actually during the Persians, you know, when, when they came back and then it leads into, there was a brief moment where the Hasmonean dynasty, actually the Jewish people took it back and then Rome, the Romans come in. And it was during that period, obviously when the second temple was built, the temple, the temple mount that exists now, that is there now, the same temple when when Jesus was alive. So what we're showing you is Israel was there long before Babylonian and Persian is modern day Iran. So before any other countries, then the Romans had it. And then Constantine in 300 AD becomes Christian. It turns into the Byzantine empire. Then after the Byzantine empire in the 600s, this is when the Islamic religion was created. Muhammad has a vision. And if you look at the Temple Mount now, there's the Dome of the Rock with the Golden Dome. 
supposedly that's where Muhammad had a vision, went up on a horse into heaven, got the tablets and came down and mm-hmm. started Islam. So now on the very Mount, the Jewish temple Mount, there sits an Islamic mosque. And so now the Muslim people claim it's theirs, even though their mosque was built on the temple Mount that was built 600 years, 700 years prior. So this starts with the Abrahamic covenant yes. in Genesis 3.15. Yes. And well, that's the Abraham, that's yeah. the Proto-Evangelium. Mm-hmm. That's the first gospel. So the Abrahamic covenant is Genesis 12. Genesis 12. Yeah. So then everything that you just described yeah. is not something that's disputed. Not be, at all. Because that is history based off archaeology. Yes. And when you go to Israel, yes. they have uncovered all of this uncovered archaeology, of yeah. layer by layer by layer. It's called a tell. Yes. Uh, when when you see something, it's T-E-L. And that would be something that has been uncovered, a civilization on top of a civilization on top of a civilization. And that's yeah. where we get that historical timeline. Yeah, because what would happen is you would have a country and they would be conquered by another country. They'd come in, destroy all their buildings but build a building on top of the foundation of the building they just destroyed. And so that happens multiple times and you get this tell, which is like a false or fake mountain or a man-made, not fake, Mm -hmm. it's man-made mountain. And so, yeah, again, there is no dispute historically and archeologically that the Jewish people, um, the nation of Israel, Abraham's descendants, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were in the land before the Muslim people. Now, what happened during that time in 600, 610 is when Islam became a religion. And it was a religion of force. It was a, there was a lot of people in the Middle East that became Muslim because it was a religion of violence. It was a religion, by definition in the Quran, it is not a peaceful religion. Now, that doesn't mean that every Muslim is violent. Um, because there are definitely a lot of Muslims that are not. But when you read the Quran, Muhammad, uh, basically in writing it in these golden tablets, reverses the story. Instead of Abraham, instead of God choosing Isaac, which was the chosen son, the lineage through which Jesus came, his belief was actually Ishmael. Ishmael was first, um, but Ishmael obviously was first in the lineage, but didn't come from Sarah. And so basically he reverses and says, uh, the Jewish people is not through Isaac, it's through Ishmael. Mm -hmm. So Muslim people claim lineage through that, which is why there is this hatred. It's like half brothers hating each other. Um, And so they claim that they had actual rights to that, which is not what the Bible says. So for 400 years, um, Muslims were in control. Um, that was the, the, during that time of the land. Well, then Christians, um, which you probably heard in the Crusades, 1100 AD, decided, no, we want Israel back. You know, um, the Catholic Church, there's a lot that goes into that. But basically, there was a period of time after Arab control that Christians mm-hmm. took the land back. Right. Um, then that lasted as most things do for a couple hundred years. Uh, and then the, I'm going to make sure I 
Mamluke era. Mom, the Mamluks, yes. Yes. Then, our, our guide in Israel spoke about that often. Yes. So then the Mamluks came from 1290 to 1500, so another 300 years. Then after them, the Ottoman Empire, mm-hmm. which is Turkish, what we would think of modern day Turkey. Then they ruled in the region for about 400 years. And the reason why that one is significant from 1500 AD till 1900, uh, the Ottomans were in control of everything. And it was during that time that Arab people were living in the land. Mm -hmm. Um, Now we mentioned this earlier, but when Rome, when the temple fell in 70 AD, the second temple, when Rome was ruling Rome, uh, the Jewish people revolted against Rome. They hated, you know, Rome. Rome was the occupiers, right. if you will. They wanted the land back, and so they fought against Rome. And well, Rome single-handedly defeated them. Mm-hmm. We've been to the mountain Masada. Uh, Masada, where Israel fell. Rome beat them. And at that time in seventy A.D., and you're the one that actually—I didn't know this connection, but. One of the arch enemies of Israel during this whole time that they were supposed to drive out were the Philistines. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows the story of David and Goliath. The Philistines are mocking. David kills him. Well, the Philistines, the Romans in that time, knew that Israel hated the Philistines. So in order to mock them, they started calling the area Philistina, Mm -hmm. which is another way of saying Palestine. Mm. So in the first century— Uh, the Romans renamed the area. Um, instead of Judea or Israel, uh, they started calling it Palestine. So that's where the name comes from. And and that's why you will see there's a lot of people, uh, even though we said 20 minutes ago or however, there is no state called Palestine. There's not. Uh, there never has been. But the Romans, in an effort to make fun of the Jewish people, mm-hmm. Nicknamed it Palestine. It was simply simply out of mocking, and the arrogance of the Romans at the time. Yeah, was hey, here's here's the uh, the temple. We've destroyed the temple. Jerusalem has fallen, and there's this last bastion of about a thousand Jewish people mm-hmm. who go south toward the Dead Sea. Yes, and they occupy this uh, mountain that Herod built. Yes, back before. Uh, uh, zero. Yes. Yes. NBC. <laughs> and, yeah. And so they're they're up there, and the Romans are like, you know, we'll just starve you out. Yeah. And and that wasn't happening. So the Romans, over the course of six eight months, built a ramp to go yes. up to this fifteen hundred foot precipice. Yes. To eventually conquer the Jewish people. Yeah. But the Jewish people, never wanting to be under the oppression of the Roman Empire again. Mm-hmm. Actually, and this is documented by Josephus, the historian, um, actually took their own lives. They drew lots to take their own lives. So when the Romans finally got up to the precipice and entered and were preparing to pillage and murder, the Jewish people had already died. Yeah, they'd already died. And to this day, the Israeli army, uh, the IDF, when they um, have their installation ceremonies, they will often go up to the top of Masada, hmm. read that story, hmm. and say never again. Never again. Yeah. So whenever you hear the term never again from somebody who is Jewish, it's not just the Holocaust. This, go- this goes back centuries, thousands, thousands of, of years. years. Yes. 
and again, that's what is, it's incredibly short-sighted historically and honestly intellectually dishonest to say that Palestine or the Palestinians had the land mm-hmm. before the Jewish people. Because it wouldn't even be called Palestine if it wasn't for the Jewish people. Right. It was, like we said, it was the Romans making fun of the Jewish people, nicknaming it after their enemy. Um, and so therefore to say that the land belonged to, which we'll come back to more modern day, the, the Arabs that were living in the land in the Ottoman empire mm-hmm. to say that they have a right to the land over the nation of Israel is just intellectually dishonest. Um, because again, they weren't even a people. I mean, Israel, the Jewish people had been a people for thousands of years Mm -hmm. before there was ever a group called Muslims or Arabs. Um, now what happened in world war one is the Ottoman empire was obviously great. And the, there was a war obviously. And as a part of that, the league of nations, Britain, France told the people living in the area of Israel modern-day Israel, um, that if they fought, helped fight against the Ottomans, that they would have land in right. in this region, what they would call uh, Palestine. Again, they didn't refer to themselves as Palestinians mm-hmm. then. They were Ottomans. Yeah. They were part of the Ottoman Empire. They were Turks. They were Arabs. And so as a part of that, they were promised a, a the part of the land. Well, 1917 in the Balfour Declaration, British, British, uh, there was the British mandate in French and the League of Nations said, hey, yes, you like the Jewish people also deserve a homeland. And because during that time, as you said, um, literally from 78 AD until 1948, it's almost 1900 years the Jewish people didn't have a homeland, Mm -hmm. didn't have a nation. They didn't, they were living in other countries Mm -hmm. and every country they went to, they would be persecuted. They would be tortured. They're always, I mean, even in America today, 51% of all religious hate crimes are towards the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. 51% of all religious hate crimes are towards. So disproportionately, yes. um, Israel's and it's anti-Semitism which Semitic is referring to people that lived in this region, uh, which again, you helped me understand that. So 51% of all religious hate crimes are anti-Semitism are against Jewish people Mm -hmm. because they didn't have a homeland. They didn't have a region. They never had a, so it was always this idea of never again, but that it wasn't until the recreation of the nation of Mm -hmm. Israel that they actually had a place to say never again about. And and over over that period of time, so we're talking late 1800s mm-hmm. to 1948, there were uh, mass immigrations yes. of Jewish people from Eastern Europe yeah. going to Israel. Yeah. So under the British Foreign Minister Balfour's yeah. decree, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to make this a land. Yes. And all the people that had come back, it's called an aliyah. Yeah. Um, when when a Jewish person would, would go back to Israel. Yeah. Um, so that decree allowed 
at least for those people and those who wanted to come in the future, yeah. a place to go. To a place to go. Yes. And that's when the, as a part of that, they said that, put out a public statement that the British government, literally, I'm just looking at this, announced its support for a national home for the Jewish people. Um, well, naturally, when that was announced, the Arab people living in that land mm -hmm. that were, for 400 years, they had been under, because Ottomans was a primarily Muslim uh, reign, they did not want Jewish people to have a national homeland. Right. So then that starts the conflict. Mm -hmm. um, then in the 30s, I believe it was 1937, the Peel Commission said, hey, we need to have a two-state solution. You know, as a bunch of Jewish people were coming back to their homeland, the Britain, uh, in 1917, the Balfour Declaration said Jewish people deserve their own homeland, uh, which the Jewish people agreed. Even at that point in time, the Jewish people didn't want the whole land. They just wanted part of it. They mm -hmm. wanted a land for the, the, their, again, their original homeland thousands of years before there were Arab people, but the, Israel agreed to just take part of it. Well, the Arab people living there at the time said, no, we don't, we don't want a two state solution. That's what the Peel commission said in 1937. Um, we don't want a two state solution. And you can go look this up. You know, there are a lot of maps out there. There are some maps that will deceive you that makes it look like the Palestinian people had all this land and then it like was shrunk down. Well, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. A, because again, there was not a Palestinian people. Um, there were just Arabs living in the land. And the two-state solution, the Arab people at the time were going to get 80% of the land. Jewish people were only going to get 20%. Um, but the Arab people said no. They didn't even want 80%. Jewish people having 20%. So then that starts fighting. And again, we're kind of, we're going to breeze over some, <laughs> some things here. Because there's so many yeah. things that happen. What, what's interesting about that t period of time is you know, we we think that my family, uh, who came from Russia, mm. which is now Belarus, they came yeah. from Vitebsk, Russia, they came over either in that first Aliyah, or I'm sorry, either the second Aliyah, which would mm. have been just before World War II, uh, okay. World War One, okay, uh, or just after World War One. We don't know whether it was 1914 or 1917. Uh, looking at the Ellis Island records, gotcha. everybody's name was Levin from, yeah. from the tribe of Levites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I come from a line of Levins, mm. and the Levins could have gone to Israel in gotcha. that Aliyah. Gotcha. But they chose Philadelphia. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. You know, the Phillies uh, actually were there in the 1800s, so maybe. Mm. Maybe it was for the Phillies. Yeah, which again, I think that's, and we'll talk about this more, but that's one of the reasons why Israel and America are strong allies is because, think about it, during that time in the late 1800s when, when this sentiment is rising, we want our own homeland mm -hmm. again. We want our own place where we can feel safe. America was pretty much the only other country that they could come to and have religious freedom, feel safe. And so, the, yeah, there was a mass immigration to America as well. Um, and it was during that time period, again, where after the Ottoman Empire fell, they kind of retreat back to just Turkey, even though they were controlling everything. So they go back to just Turkey. 
in this region of the Middle East through the League of Nations, which was former UN, United Nations, Britain was controlling all of this. And so Britain was trying to orchestrate in between 1917 and 1948, was trying to orchestrate a two-state solution um, for honoring the history of the Jewish people. Hey, this is your land. But also at the same time, trying to honor the more recent history, recognizing, hey, the Arab people have lived here for hundreds of years, but the, the Israel, Israel people had lived here long before that, though. So they tried a two-state two state solution that didn't work, and that, that British mandate ran out in 1948. And at the very end of it, in 1948, Israel said, hey, this is running out, so they declared independence. And so they declared independence in 1948. The very next day was a war yes. where Egypt, uh, Egypt, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, and Iraq, um, no, yes, all invaded Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, all invaded Israel because Israel had just declared, basically Israel's like, we've tried the two-state solution. You don't agree to, we keep making concessions. We keep making concessions. And they weren't a nation at mm-hmm. that point in time. So that's when Israel declared independence and instantly were fought by all the Arab nations surrounding them. And and we'll get into that geography yeah. in, in a little bit, but it is important to understand the significance of the size of Israel. Yes, very small. The topography of Israel mm-hmm. and who their neighbors were. Yes. Yeah, again, you go, like, Egypt is their neighbor. Well, they were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. So mm-hmm. They don't like each other. Nope. And uh, these Syria, which is old, the Assyrians, which was an enemy of historical Israel, um, Jordan, which is to the east, um, and then Iraq, um, which Saddam Hussein, before we took him out of power, he literally thought he was a resurrected Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the Babylons, which is the Babylonians are who took the temple the first time, mm-hmm. and then the Persians took it from them, which, again, that's Iran. Mm-hmm. So Babylonian, Iraq, Persian, Iran. So those are two historical old enemies yep. of Israel. So the moment Israel becomes a nation again in 1948, these old enemies all attack them again. Miraculously, Israel wins. Um, and here's the part that gets lost. Even though they won, they still tried to offer a two-state mm-hmm. solution still to say, hey, we recognize you, there were Arab people living here and we want to try to figure out a two-state solution. Yep. Again, all that was rejected. It's always and forever been rejected because, which this is building into the quote-unquote Palestinian people, the what we call today the Palestinian people, again, we're just Arabs living in the land, they don't want a two-state solution. They want Israel dead. They want Jewish people dead. They want them gone. They want the whole land back. So humbly, and most people would agree, there will never be a two-state solution, ever. Because at that point in time, from the very beginning, they didn't want it. And so Israel tried from 1948, then again in 1967. And again, remember, 1948 is coming after World War II. Mm-hmm. That is when that's 
one of the primary reasons, which you have pointed this out so eloquently, at that time there were 17 million Jews? Uh, prior to World War II, there were 17 million Jews. Yeah. Then, quickly, there were 11. 11. Cause six, no, this is in the world. Okay? In the whole world. In the whole world. Yes. Okay. So you go from 17 million to 11 million. And you know, just think about right now, just take a guess. I'm not asking you because you know yeah. the answer. Uh, just take a guess, folks. You know how many Jewish people there are in the world? The answer is 16 million. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. some people think, well, there's 8 billion people in the world. What, maybe a billion, maybe a half a billion. No. 16 million, which is 0.002%. Yeah. That's 0.002% of the population. 6 million live in the United States. Mm -hmm. 6 million live in Israel. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. So what is happening in our country right now with protests on college campuses, protests yeah. in major cities? Yeah. When you hear things like from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. When That is not some kind of, hey, we just want our own state. That is a systematic annihilation of the Jewish people. That's what they want. Exactly. They want to go back to the time before the nation of Israel in 1948 was mm -hmm. created and all the Jew, a lot of the Jewish people moved back. They want them dead and gone. So the river is the Jordan river yep. to the sea, the Mediterranean sea. So they want the whole land back mm -hmm. and all the Jewish people gone. They want it to be a Muslim mm -hmm. country again. And if you didn't know this, there are college students and adults in thousands chanting that in the streets of United States, United States cities yes, and college campuses. Yes. Chanting that. And that's honestly one of the biggest uh, things that grieve me the most is it's not just Ivy League schools. This is higher education in general. Yes. Which ironically, you know, there's been a lot of conversation in our own country about Native Americans who lived here prior to our country. And there's a lot of people that believe even in higher education that they can't celebrate the birth of America. In fact, <laughs> Ben and Jerry's ice cream in the 4th of July this year, 2023, said they couldn't celebrate American independence because this land belongs to Native Americans. Mm -hmm. Ironically enough, the headquarters of Ben and Jerry's is on Native American land. <laughs> and the tribe, still alive today, said mm -hmm. we look forward to Ben and Jerry's giving us our land back. Well, they don't want to do that. Mm -mm. but they can't celebrate America. So that we have this kind of conversation in America that now we need to recognize the indigenous people that lived here. And I'm not saying again, atrocities didn't happen, but the irony is there are a lot of people in higher education think that our land should go back to native people, but then they think the Palestinians should have the land when they're not the native people. Right. Israel is the native people. So it's oxymoronic. Like it's, mm -hmm. they don't, see, that's the part to me, that's what I said. It's intellectually dishonest to act like the land was the Palestinians first. Again, and let's keep talking about this. In 1967, um, Israel was attacked again uh, by Egypt, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, and Iraq. Uh, that's the six, the famous six day war. Mm -hmm. Israel shuts it down. And at that point in time in 1967, Israel took control of everything. Right. The entire country and even the Sinai Peninsula, which now belongs to Egypt, but then belonged to Israel. They took everything. 
There was no West Bank. There was no Gaza. All of it was Israel. Even then, the Israelis said, we still want to try to offer a two-state solution. Mm -hmm. We still want to try to offer land. So again, long story short, they develop peace with Egypt, give Egypt the Sinai Peninsula back. So Egypt has that now. They sign a peace treaty with Jordan saying we are, we'll be friends with you. No third party can use either country to launch a war against the other. So now Jordan is fine. But there was still, again, a large majority of Arab people living there. And this is the part that's crazy. There are Arabs and Palestinians that are Israeli. They live in Israel. Um, so it's not like all Palestinian people, and again, I do that in air quotes because it's right. still Arab people, um, live in Gaza or the West Bank. They live in other areas mm-hmm. because Israel, even though it is a nation now, it is not, it is st- it's a secular nation. It's not, it's not built on the Ten Commandments. It's not a biblical uh, country in that sense. So this idea that Israel is hostile to Arabs or Muslims is not true. No. As a matter of fact, when you're on tour in Israel yeah. and it's Friday at sundown, and you go to hail a cab, you're not going to get a Jewish driver. No, you're not, because they're all on <laughs> you're, Shabbat. You're going to get an Arab driver. Exactly. And you're going to be in hotels that are uh, being staffed by Arabs. Yes. And you're going to go to their shops. And yes. You're going to buy their wares. Yes. And so it is It is not a, um, a sectionalized country. No. So again, after 1967, Israel is trying to still work. And again, we're kind of, there's a lot that happened sure. during these times. But it was in the, so they normalized relations with Egypt, normalized relations with Jordan, um, never with Lebanon or Iraq. Um, but Israel's still trying to offer a two-state solution to the point to where in 1993, um, that is when the PLO, the pa- Palestinian Liberation Organization, is created. And it's at that time in the 90s that that there's a group of people that start really referring to themselves as Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you see the red, the black, red, white, and green flags, that's an early 90s. Again, that's pretty. There are Arab people that would say it was there longer, but that's when it was sure. kind of official. Right. And, and at that point in time, there was a lot of hope that there could be a two-state solution until the PLO and the Palestinian organization offered their famous three no's. No peace with Israel, no negotiation, and basically no Israel. You know. Which doesn't work out with a two-state solution. It doesn't. And and even up until two weeks ago, I'm yes. trying to explain this to my mom. If and she would say, "Well, if there's only a two-state solution, mom, we've talked about this before." Now I don't yeah. I don't remember how much she retains. Yeah, <laughs> though she is sharp. Yeah. Uh, but with a two-state solution, you would have two states in the country of Israel. One would have a voting right. The other would have a voting right. Yes. There would be more Palestinians than Israeli Jews. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that's going to go? Yeah. Well, and again, not only that, even the two-state solution, you're right, that wouldn't go well. But even if they were two separate countries and they had divided up land, um, which is what the original Balfour Declaration Mm -hmm. and the Peel Commission, Israel would get part, the Arabs would get part, Jerusalem would have actually remained an international city. Neither one of them would have had to, Britain would have remained control of that. Um, so even two countries that were 
seen as enemies living next to each other is still very tough. Uh, because even though they might be independent, they're the Palestinian people do not think the Jewish people have a right to exist. That that's that's the key phrase. That's the key phrase. Not a right to the land, not a right to hang out, no. <laughs> a right to exist on the planet. Yes. Right now there's 8.9 million people in Israel. Yes. It is a tiny, tiny piece of real estate we tiny. were talking about. Yeah. I mean, if you want to put it in some context, uh, let's make Canton, Jerusalem. Yeah. And, you know, go go north. Well, let's go, let's go toward coming first. Yeah. Okay. Coming is Syria. Yeah. We're these are the distances we're talking about. Yeah, they're very close. Uh coming is Syria. So you have the Golan Heights north of Jerusalem. So coming would have Iranian-backed forces sitting there ready to attack Canton. Yeah. Elijah is Lebanon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not making light of this. No. I'm just saying this is the contextualization of how tiny this is. Hezbollah is sitting in Elijah with 150,000 rockets pointing at Highway 20. Also backed by Iran. Also yeah. backed by Iran. Buckhead mm -hmm. is Gaza. Yeah. That's how close it is. When when we were at the Sea of Galilee and we went to a higher elevation overlooking the Sea of Galilee, you could see Lebanon, Syria, mm -hmm. yeah, and all the way down to Gaza. Yes. So from from that 40 miles away from Jerusalem, 40 miles away from Jerusalem is the headquarters of the people of evil who want nothing but the destruction of everyone in Cherokee County. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So ima imagine that. Exactly. That's what they're sitting in. Yeah, that's what that's the reality they live in every day. And again, I think it's helpful to understand Israel has always been okay with a two-state solution. The Arabs living there, which now call themselves Palestinians, have never been okay with a two-state solution because they want them out of the region and they want them off the face of the planet. Now, again, there are... Like I just, we just said, there are Arabs that live in Israel that don't want that. Um, they, even though they would prefer, I shouldn't say they don't want that. They would prefer it to be Muslim. Mm -hmm. um, they live, they are living there peacefully. But the ideology of Hamas, the PLO, Hezbollah in Iran, which again, not everybody in Iran, not all Iranians believe this, but the leaders of Iran do which they came into power in the seventies. That's all. That's a whole nother timeline, you know? So Israel has always wanted a two state solution. So now where we stand was again in the nineties, tried to work on a two state solution. So then it became, uh, we'll try. And so then they designated the area, what's called the West bank, which the West bank is the West bank of the Jordan river, which it's kind of a dotted line. So East of Jerusalem. Yeah. East of Jerusalem, which, cuts into part of Jerusalem. Like there's a Muslim quarter, you know, we all, we've been there. And then the Gaza Strip. Again, in 1967, Israel was controlling all of that. They didn't have to recede any of it. Uh, they controlled all of it. But trying to offer a two-state solution, they, they gave those areas designations. Um, and up until 2005, Israel was controlling the Gaza Strip just like they controlled the West Bank from a military perspective. But the West Bank is still like Jericho. We couldn't even go to Jericho because it's a Muslim mm -hmm. area. Nazareth is a Muslim area, um, although we did go there. Um, well, we, 
we stopped at a um, a site above Nazareth. Yes, that's true. I and, should say that clarify. And, and prayed over Nazareth. Yes, looked at it. Yeah. All that is a Muslim area. Um, and so Israel tried. Well, in 2005, Israel backed out, as again, as a way to try to offer peace, backed out of Gaza. Well, in 2007, the people of Gaza elected Hamas as their governing agency, which Hamas is a terrorist organization. So since 2007 until now, Hamas has been ruling, governing in Gaza. And this is the part that is horrible. Not only have they been firing rockets almost every day against Israel, they also oppress the people of Gaza. Mm -hmm. And they build uh, bomb shelters, ammunition sites, headquarters in hospitals, in mosques. And they use the people of Gaza as human shields so that anytime Israel has to retaliate, again, Israel has never been the aggressor in this. They're just retaliating to bombs. There's always civilian casualties because then it makes Israel look bad, mm -hmm. which is currently what's happening now. So again, we talked about October 2nd, Hamas and civilians of Gaza, because Hamas is only about twenty to 25,000 people right. as an organization, as a group. And so they went into Israel, attacked Israel, killed that we know of at least 1,400 people, mm -hmm. yep. which again, you have to do the math on that. Like we see 1,400 people. Oh, we lost over 2,000 people in 9-11. Yeah, but if you do the size of the country, that would have been like us losing 40,000 people in 9-11 yeah. Yeah. versus the number of Israelis that are alive. You know? yeah. And so to Israel, that was like losing 40,000 people. Well, when we were attacked, what did we do mm -hmm. as a country? We responded. Mm -hmm. And and it was just. And so in the same way, Israel has responded to them being attacked, and it is just because they are responding. And they have followed the international norms of trying to get people to evacuate before. But it's Hamas that won't let people in Gaza evacuate. Exactly. It is Hamas that's blowing up bridges. It is Hamas that is not allowing um, and, and Israel doesn't want international aid going to Hamas or to Gaza because Hamas is just going to use it to build more rockets and kill more Jewish people. So that's the kind of the state of the affairs currently where Israel tried to offer a two state solution. It hasn't worked. And now Israel out of their own self-defense is having to take out the terrorist organization that is Hamas because of the statement, never again. And there are civilian deaths that are happening in Gaza, which again is tragic. And we'll talk about this on the theological side. We as believers, we love Jewish people. And yes, we love Arab people. Mm -hmm. We love both. Yes. Um, so that gets into, you know, how do we as believers approach this? Yeah, I, I do think, so we now have done, in oh gosh, it's 40, 50 minutes. This is going to be a longer episode. It, people, it is, but it it's is. educational. It is in in nine minutes. I'll say coming up hour two. Yes, so uh, you might want to listen to this in chunks. You know, so now we've talked about historical Israel. Mm -hmm. We've talked about um, how we've gotten to where we've gotten today. Uh, again, there's a lot more we could have got into with that. <laughs> Absolutely. But as believers, I think it's important for us to understand the difference between national Israel and spiritual Israel or national slash ethnic Israel and spiritual Israel, which ironically, uh, or 
by the favor of God, you are both, <laughs> you know, you are ethnically Jewish. Mm-hmm. You are, even though you don't live in the nation of Israel, but you are ethnically, you are a son of Abraham to where I am not, I'm a Gentile. Um, but because of God's grace, we're both a part of spiritual Israel. Praise the Lord. Um, and this is where Paul goes into great links in Romans, in Galatians. Um, obviously, Jesus himself does as well to try to describe what God has been doing this whole time. So again, we talked, you mentioned it earlier, the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15, when God calls Abraham, and he tells Abraham, from you, I'm going to build a nation mm-hmm. that's going to bless the families of the earth. Well, Abraham in faith believed that. That's the story we know. He goes out and looks at the stars, and God says, so shall your children be. Mm-hmm. So the question, like, and I got this question, why is Israel the chosen people? Well, that's two parts to that. They were chosen because God needed a people, a people. And so he chose the one guy who's 75 years old and couldn't have kids, uh, who was a moon worshiper, um, and says, in faith, I'm going to give you a kid. And so Abraham believes, and that's why he was justified. So it was always by faith. It was never by birth. Um, but God needed a people. He had to have a people so that Jesus could come from a people. Sure. Like Jesus had to be, he couldn't just been like, oh, he was this mysterious figure that comes out of nowhere. So God calls Abraham, says, I'm going to make you into a people. And from you is going to come the Messiah or the savior. So our entire old Testament is God making a people from Genesis 12 on, which comes after Genesis 11, where Genesis 11 is the tower of Babel, where God makes all the different peoples of the world. That's where all the different ethnicities come from. And then God chooses one. So one chapter after God disperses mankind all over the earth, confuses their language, we have people groups. He chooses a people group so that the Messiah could come for that people group for all those people groups. And from then on out. From then on out. So the nation, so God takes Abram, takes, makes him into a family. We already talked about this. Through Isaac, and uh, then Jacob, and then Jacob becomes Israel, has 12 sons. So those 12 tribes become the nation of Israel. And then from the nation of Israel comes Jesus. So now, and this is what Paul labors to say in Romans 9, 10, and 11, that there's a difference between ethnic Israel and spiritual Israel. When Paul says, not all Israel is Israel. And what he means by that is, just because you might ethnically be from Abraham, from one of the 12 tribes, doesn't mean you're a part of the people of God. So Israel, national Israel, ethnic Israel, was chosen by God to have the Messiah come from that people group, yes. but for all people groups. So Israel was chosen in that respect. Israel was chosen. God made them into a nation, a family, into a, a, a nation made up of families to show his power, that God can make a family out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And he did. To set the stage for Jesus coming. So now, as because of Jesus, there is a spiritual Israel that is made up of Jewish people and Gentile people. And that's what Paul belabors in Romans 10, 
9 and 11, where he says, they were the original, they were cut off, Gentiles are grafted in. And, but there's a remnant, there is a remnant of Jewish people that will be saved. Again, you're a part of that remnant. And we've learned that in Micah. Yes. Um, so now spiritual Israel is not the same as national Israel. Spiritual Israel from a biblical standpoint are believe, is the church. Uh, and the church is made up of Jewish people and Gentile people, which, again, if you just look at historically, at Pentecost, Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses, right? Uh, Matthew 28, the Great Commission, Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. So it was going to start with the Jewish people. And even in their evangelistic efforts in the first century, they went to the house of Israel first, and then they would move out from there. So they started with Jewish people, moved out to Gentile people. In order for God to fulfill his covenant, he made to Abraham. Um, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed through you, through Christ, the seed of the woman. So now spiritual Israel is made up of Jewish people and Gentile people. And this is where it gets confusing or can get confusing to people. When we say Israel, what do we mean? Right. What has two meanings? It wasn't until, again, as we said earlier, it wasn't until 1948 that there was even a physical Israel. There was not a nation of Israel. From 70 AD until 1948, there was not Israel, a nation although there were still ethnically Jewish people like we've already talked about um, that were, again, the, the, um, were ethnically from the line of Abraham. So now when we say Israel, it's important for Christians to delineate. We are pro-Israel, the nation of Israel, and Americans, we believe this. We are pro the nation of Israel because, as we've said, they have a right to the land. Um, not that they have a biblical right in that sense, but they have a historical right to the land because they live there. It's yeah. their land. Um, everything that was built there, again, as we already said. Um, but we as Christians have to be careful while at one side we support Israel has a right to be a nation historically, and they have a right to defend themselves. We've already said that. We also have to say, say at the same time that spiritual Israel is made up of Jewish people and Gentile people, and those Gentile people include Arab people or people that would consider themselves Palestinians. So unbeknownst to a lot of people, there is a small, about 2% of the people that live in Gaza, which would call themselves Palestinians, are Christians. Yep. In fact, uh, unfortunately, uh, Orthodox Church the church itself wasn't bombed, but it was bombed right next to it, and the blast hit the church. And there were some Christians that died in that. That just happened like a week ago. But let's just say Hamas doesn't care about that. No, Hamas doesn't care about that. And <laughs> okay. again, Hamas made it happen. Right. Hamas is the one who made them targets. Uh, so you can't blame Israel for that. That, that. I mean, unfortunately, in the act of war, there are casualties. But the casualties are a result of Hamas mm -hmm. um, because they're evil. Hamas doesn't want Jews. He, they don't want Christians. No. Uh, it, it's hysterical to see the people groups that are uh, protesting. Yeah. The, uh, the Israelis, um, LGBTQ. 
What, what do you think L- the Hamas does to LGBTQ? They murder them. Yes. Yeah. But here you have LGBTQ saying we are pro-Palestinian, pro-Gaza. Yes. For a organization and a people group that do not think you have the right to live. Um, again, that's the irony of all of this. <laughs> but the main reason why most, and this is important, the main reason why most groups are against national Israel is because of God's choosing of them. Yes. God, and this is where, again, Paul belabors the point in Romans um, where he says, how should we think of the Jewish people? We should still honor them and hold them in high regard because from them came the law and the prophets and the writings and Jesus Christ. So we love the Jewish people because Jesus Christ is Jewish. That in and of itself should settle the argument for Christians. God loves the Jewish people. Satan hates Yes. <laughs> that, he hates that. Satan hates the Jewish people in the same way that Satan hates all people, mm-hmm. but he has a special hatred for the Jewish people because God chose the Jewish people and from them came the Messiah. From them came the, our entire Old Testament, came the law and the prophets and the writings. So Paul belabors this point when he says, and he speaks to Gentiles and he says, you were grafted in because of their hardening, but how much more so? Can God graft them back in if they believe? Mm-hmm. Because they're original. We're not. Mm-hmm. You know, Gentiles are not. So again, the overall attitude of Christians towards ethnically Jewish people, the nation of Israel, should be one of we honor them because everything that we believe as Christians in the storyline of the Bible is because God chose the nation of Israel. That is why there should never be anti-Semitism. There should never be anti-Semitism. There especially be, from Christians. Especially from Christians, yes. And, and that is, and again, unfortunately, you spent 45 years of your life not as a believer, but as an ethnically Jewish person. You, so you spent 45 years of your life as ethnic Israel, but not spiritual Israel. Yep. Um, and you have experienced, unfortunately, anti-Semitism in both sides of your life. Both sides. From Christians, non-Christians. Yes. Um, the, I mean, I, I can I can go through instances, and I, I do not want you to hear any type of, hey, I'm a victim here in yes. this. But I think for education purposes, it is important to understand that anti-Semitism is not just rampant over the last two weeks. No. Not just rampant on the college campuses. No. I was just reading a book from Jay Sekula this morning uh, uh, called Jerusalem. And back in 2015, uh, his organization did a study that there were 300 instances of anti-Semitism on college campuses totaling 112 different campuses yeah, horrible. <laughs> that, that had these instances of anti-Semitism. It, it stems from you know, all the way back in Egypt. Yes. You know, in, in Exodus, when yes. Pharaoh said, hey, go kill all the Jewish babies. Yes. And then Haman's plot in Esther. Yes. Hey, let's kill all the Jewish people. Yes. And then, you know, when Jesus was born, Herod, let's go kill all the babies. Yes. Uh, so this has gone on for thousands and thousands of years. I've experienced it in a very personal way. I mean, starting in elementary school, mm-hmm. uh, we were the only Jewish family. In that school. So mm. I'm, uh, there's one Jewish kid. Mm. Uh, it's me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm on, I vividly remember this. Um, 
you know, I'm six, sixth grade and, uh, you know, coming home from school, hanging out with my friends on the back of the bus. And all of a sudden the other 43 kids start chanting, David's a Jew, David's Mm. a Jew. Mm. And, you know, led to fights. Yeah. Um, You know, I since reconciled with that kid that started that. It was interesting. We Mm. actually volunteered on the same ambulance crew for, Mm. for years. Um, but, but I remember that. Yeah. That that was, that was painful. That, Mm -hmm. that probably informed my lack of pressing into my Judaism. Yeah. Um, because of that. And then all through high school. Yeah. You were um, afraid to, I'm the, I'm the only one. Yeah. Um, then, you know, working in radio for 34 years, receiving death threats from the Klan. Um, a, a guy in Chicago, a real bad actor, mm. um, when I was on national sports radio, uh, threatened to kill me and my family. Mm. Um, simply because you were Jewish. Simply because I was yeah. Jewish. And then you have the innocuous, and I put those in air quotes, the innocuous things that people say to me, mm. even inside this building yeah i have had comments like well this person that i knew back in new york was rude and they were jewish i guess that's just the way you people are yes i get i get a lot of the you peoples which is and and i I just which is horribly rude horribly you would never say that about another ethnicity no you Uh, black people are you uh, you know, you Hispanic people or you whatever. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. I, I've gotten the, hey, there was a great deal on this thing I got over there at TJ Maxx. You, you people like a good deal. And I'm like, don't don't other people like a good deal? <laughs> Why is that uniquely Jewish? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this has happened multiple times, yeah. both inside this building, outside this building. Mm-hmm. And and that may shock you. That, that's why I said early on, you may hear some things that are, that are going to be you know hard to hear. Yeah. Now, some of it is out of ignorance. Yeah. Some of it's just flat out ignorance. Yeah. Um, and some of it's malicious. Uh, the person that said to me, I guess that's just the way you people are. That's malicious. Yeah. That's just mean spirited yeah. from the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is something that I've experienced. And now to see this happening on college campuses. Yeah in the streets of our cities. We yeah. had some neighbors that were going down to an event in Piedmont park. One of them's Jewish. I said, don't go, Mm-mm. don't go. It, we decided not even to go to see Fiddler on the roof last Saturday Yeah, because just a, a mass grouping of people who are predominantly Jewish going to see Fiddler on the roof. That's a target. It is. Yeah. You know, my, my niece who is, uh, wearing a star of David, she no longer wears her star of David. She mm. lives in Los Angeles. Mm. Uh, there has been that for decades when we were growing up in the seventies and eighties, when quote unquote Palestinians, uh, led by Arafat were, uh, hijacking airplanes. They would just go look at people's passports or their tickets. And if it sounded like a Jewish name or they're wearing a star of David or a high, which is the Hebrew word for life, they would just kill them. Yeah. So push them out of the plane, push them out of the plane. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we would never, uh, give our names. Um, you know, I remember my parents making reservations in hotels and restaurants under an assumed name. Yeah. So it didn't sound like they were Jewish. Jewish. Yeah. And it's happening today. Yeah. And I think that, and I'm, I'm so glad you shared that because that's why this conversation is important. You know, again, and we're trying to to distinguish again between historical 
Israel, spiritual Israel, and we'll talk a little bit more theologically about that. But theologically speaking, how in the world could Christians, I mean, we'll get into Ephesians 4, you know, mm-hmm. your speech. And, and, and honestly, and I've already touched on this, but we'll get more into it, but that's one of the primary reasons why Paul wrote the letter to the Ephesians mm-hmm. was to say, hey, now in Christ, the Jew and the Gentile have been reconciled. In Christ, the Jewish person is now your neighbor, is now your brother and sister in mm-hmm. Christ if you're Gentile. So again, I do not understand how any Christian, any believer in Jesus, A, because of the historical election of God choosing the Jewish people, would have anything bad to say about Jewish people. But secondly, now, if if I'm in Christ by grace in the same way a Jewish person is in Christ by grace, how in the world mm-hmm. could I speak to my brother in any kind of derogatory term? Yeah. And, and again, uh, I, I do want to have grace for the people who have said things to mm-hmm. me um, and and say, Hey, it's just ignorance yes. or, uh, and I, of course I have forgiveness for them, but in the moment it's taken me back. It does take you back to when you're six, you're uh, in sixth grade yes. and you're on the school bus yes. and you're like, I'm 62. I'm a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a I'm Christian. A I'm, yeah. I'm sitting here at lunch in Canton last year with colleagues from this office, yeah, no, and it wasn't somebody from from, yeah. from Revolution, with somebody else who does not work here, yeah. and we're talking about lots of ministry stuff, and we get into the finances of it, and the guy goes, "Well, now that we're talking about financials, good thing we have the Jew here." Yeah, <laughs> and and I I just I I just dropped my head because I didn't I didn't want to embarrass him, yeah, and and say something that that I would then need to go back yeah. and, and I, I could have rebuked him. Yeah. I could have said, doesn't everybody understand finances yeah. at this table? <laughs> <laughs> am I the, am I the only one because of uh, my ethnicity? Yeah. Uh, but if you don't know what's happening in your own town or where your kids are going to school, yes, there is an organization called students for justice in Palestine, the SJP. And they have a coordinated effort mm-hmm. around this country on college campuses to call the Hamas terror attacks an historic win. Yes, exactly. An historic win. Uh, what happened at Stanford University uh, after the attacks, a Stanford professor asked the students in his classroom, if you are Jewish, stand up. Mm. Then he separated them from their belongings mm. and made them stand together in the back of the room. And he said, that's exactly what Israel does to Palestine. Mm. <laughs> now, he has been suspended. Yeah, It's actually one of the only times I've seen a college campus administration stand up to yeah, anti-Semitism. Very, it's very rare. Because they're... They're, well, I'm about to say something that is not Ephesians 4.29. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which is tough. So so th- this, stu- this stuff is happening. Yes. Well, it's like you said earlier, it really shows, shows the state of disrepair of mm-hmm. our current higher education. Yeah. It's very one-sided. It's very limited in its view and scope um, because of their perceived, again, understanding mm-hmm. that Israel is a colonizer. Israel is, which again, his, we've already shown historically how that's just not true. And 
but you start feeding, you know, like I've said before, on either side of the road is a ditch. And so the truth is not in either one of those. So for every mile of truth, there's two miles of lies. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of lies around the historical national Israel. And there's a lot of misconceptions around misunderstandings around spiritual Israel. And so again, as Christians, I think it's important for us to understand how to distinguish these two. Historically, we support historical national Israel, even though Israel today as a nation is not a godly nation. It is a secular nation. Um, It is not the Old Testament version of Israel. Mm -hmm. It is not a theocracy. It is a democracy. And so it is, which there's reasons to have a democracy, Mm -hmm. a great form of government. It's not saying that's bad. But, But we don't support Israel, historical Israel, from the standpoint of they are, they are God's chosen people. Mm -hmm. Now we support them because they were God's chosen people from them. And so, and historically they have a right to exist. So from the Jewish people came everything that we just Mm -hmm. said. And we also support them spiritually speaking, because we want Jewish people to know their savior. Yeah. We want Jewish people to know their Messiah. Yes. Yes. Um, Paul was pretty clear about that. Paul was very clear about that. So our heart towards Jewish people should be Jesus's heart towards Mm -hmm. Jewish people and Paul's heart towards Jewish people, which is Paul says, I would give up my own salvation for them. Mm -hmm. While at the same time, we recognize that there are groups of people living in the same land, Arabs, people that now call themselves Palestinians, that God also loves and wants them to be a part of spiritual Israel wants them to be a part of the church. So it's important for us to, I think sometimes in our zeal as Christians, we can be more American than we are Christian. Yep. Again, we, Hamas is a terrorist organization. Everything that they did was evil, which interestingly enough, a pastor pointed this out the other day. In Genesis, Hamas is actually a Hebrew word. Mm-hmm. And in Genesis six fourteen, before the flood, where it talks about the people only did violence. Well, that word violence is the Hebrew word Hamas. And so obviously that is evil and demonic. Um, and we stand against that. Um, but as Christians, that doesn't mean that we don't want people that identify themselves as Palestinians to know Jesus. We want that. Yes. In the same way, we do not agree biblically or nationally with the leaders of Iran. Um, The leaders of Iran fund terrorism around the world. I wish that they had different leaders, but there are people inside Iran, Persian historical people that are Christians. There's Mm -hmm. quite a big church, Christian church in Iran. So therefore as Christians, we have to be careful when we say we hate Iran, you know, like, yeah, we hate what the platform is and the leaders stand for, but we don't hate Iranians. Mm -hmm. We had a family uh, come to the church last year. Yes. From Iran. They were missionaries in Iran. Yes. Leading a church in Iran. Yes. And afraid to go back. Yes. And, and (laughs) those Iranians are spiritual Israel, Mm -hmm. you know, which again, think about that. They grew up in a culture hating national Israel, and now biblically they're spiritual Israel. That's a plot twist, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> so again, I think it's important for Christians to understand 
theologically, which is where we said we were, you know, we've been getting to, but we're trying to make a point. We need to distinguish in our language, in our actions, between historical Israel and spiritual Israel. And we support historical Israel because they have a right to exist. And the evil things that happen to them are evil, and we should call them evil. And we should speak out against any anti-Semitism. We should speak out against any hatred against the elect of God, you know, the, the original family, the original nation from which our scriptures and our savior mm-hmm. came while at the same time, recognizing that there are other people that are not ethnically Jewish, Gentile people, Greek people that would in their flesh be enemies of historical Israel. They are still deserving of the grace of God and not deserving in that sense, but the grace of God can save them and make them a part of the church, which is spiritual Israel. And, and we have seen this over and over and over again of Muslims who have come to know Jesus. Uh, large amounts. Yeah. My friend, uh, Addison Adama, who is a pastor over in Stone Mountain, uh, he grows up in a village in Ghana. Yeah. He goes to a, um, a revival. Yes. <laughs> he gets saved. He knows he can't go back to his village because he will be killed. He will be murdered. Yes. Yeah. Because it Um, is a religion of violence. The son of the Hamas co-founder. Yeah, this was phenomenal. uh, And we we both saw this on the same Twitter feed. And I'm just going to read this verbatim. This is from Masab Hassan Youssef, who is the eldest son of the Hamas co-founder, Sheikh Hassan Youssef. Hamas is a religious movement. And they are a raging religious movement against Israel. The mainstream media can't say this because they are afraid to ignite a religious war. Mm -hmm. And what I say is it already is. Yes. They want to annihilate the Jewish people. They are driven by dark hatred toward a race, toward a nation. Yes. That started 5,000 years ago. Yes. When God says, hey, you're my people. Yes. Yeah, from that point, when God set his affection on Abraham, on Isaac, on Jacob, all the nations around hated them. Because again, according to Daniel and other places, but Daniel is the one that explicitly says this. We've talked about this before. Angels, like Gabriel's fighting against the spirit of Persia, the spirit of of, uh, Greece. And so... All these nations are ruled by spirits. There are spirits behind them. Um, there are supernatural beings. They're being influenced by the devil, by the world. So, which again, we just talked about Hamas is a Hebrew word for violence. So you could say there's a spirit of Hamas. Yes. Um, that hates the people of God, which historically the people of God were the nation of Israel until they expanded into spiritual Israel. So in the same way, any evil people, any evil group, which Jesus says, if you're not for me, you're against me. So anybody that's not with Jesus is evil. So you have the spirit of Hamas, any other nation that rises up against ethnic Jewish, ethnic Israel and spiritual Israel. So again, think ethnic Israel, the church, you know, historical Israel, the church, which includes Jews and Gentiles. So the two most persecuted groups of people on the world today are Jewish people and Christian people, um, because both of them 
come from the same root. Mm-hmm. Um, come from the same, and that's what Paul says in Romans nine, ten, and eleven, where he says that now God chose the Jewish people, but because of their faith, He's now their disbelief. He's grafting in the Gentiles, and, it, and then He says, "In this way, all Israel will be saved." So when He says in Romans eleven, "All Israel will be saved," He's not saying all ethnic Israel will be saved. Right. Because they will not be, because he just said there's a remnant. But in this way, all Israel will be saved. What he's saying is when the full number of Gentiles come in, mm-hmm. which those Gentiles are going to come from every nation, tribe, and tongue. Every. So again, Palestinian Christians, mm-hmm. Iranian Christians, Iraqi Christians, Syrian Christians, Lebanon Christians, Jordan, Jordanian Christians. I mean, the people of God coming from every nation, it making up spiritual Israel. And so that is what our mentality has to be. That's what we're working towards. Um, so again, while we as a nation support Israel, we are Israel's biggest ally. We should be as a country because they want peace. They are a democracy. You can live there and not have to be Jewish. Uh, and you will have protections just like you can live in America and you don't have to be Christian. You will have the same protections. So we can support historical national Israel while at the same time understanding that the plan of God is bigger than just historical national Israel. It's bringing in people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And that's what Paul says in Ephesians 2 that we'll get into, that through Christ, the two were made one. The dividing wall of hostility is brought down because now in Christ we're all the same. Amen. Um, so for people in our church and for Christians that may be listening to this, hope you understand that the reason why this is going on is because Israel is hated because of their role in the redemptive story of God. But Israel now is bigger than national Israel. There's spiritual Israel, which is the church, which is also hated because it's made up of Jewish people and Gentile people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we support national Israel. We should, while we also support people Palestinian people, Arab people, Muslim people, all welcome in the church Mm -hmm. if they have faith in Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I I have had to catch, well, my wife has had to catch myself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're one. And and, and I referenced this um, as I was just sharing going into uh, the next song on Sunday that I was a scrolling machine the last two yeah, weeks, yeah. Uh, just trying to absorb all of the information about what was going on in yeah. Israel and and trying to discern what's true and what's not true. It's yeah. very difficult it to, is. to do that. And uh, Thursday night, uh, I think I was watching one of the playoff games, one of the baseball games, and I'm scrolling and I'm getting just angrier. And, yeah. and, and Leanna just said, hey, stop. Stop scrolling. Yeah. And that was really good. I, I needed her to say that because I was just getting so upset. And I don't want to sound like the old guy who's like, <laughs> how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe this country. Uh, but you know, the Bible says it's going to get worse. Yes, We, we know that. You've said mm-hmm. that many a time. I mean, we're, we're in a place right now that a senator from South Carolina had to propose legislation in our Senate to stop anti-Semitism on our college campuses. Yes. 
the campus, the, the colleges can't police themselves. There has to be legislation to stop anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where we are. That's mm-hmm. what got me so upset the other night. Yeah. Well, and sadly, that's true. In the same way, we had to create legislation to stop yeah. slavery right. and racism. So this is racism. Mm-hmm. You know, anti-Semitism is racism. It's hatred towards a group of people simply because of their ethnicity. And there's no place for that in a country. And there's definitely no place for that in a church. Um, and that's where, and I was just thinking that this is, you were talking when you said it's only going to get worse because we get this question quite often without getting into a lot of end times stuff. But when people say, are we in the end times? The answer is yes. But we also have to understand we have been in the end times since Jesus, mm-hmm. since the resurrection of Jesus, since Pentecost and Acts two, we have been in the end times because Satan hates the people of God. And so nation will rise against nation, war against war, all that stuff. And it's been happening Mm -hmm. for 2,000 years. And it will continue to happen. It will only get worse. There will only be more fighting in Israel, sadly. There will only be more nations coming against Israel, sadly. You know, again, I just saw the Turkish president today calling out Israel. Although they were supposed to normalize relations, now he's backing off. Uh, Russia, China. Again, this is where people start reading Revelation and they start trying to find out Ezekiel 38 and 39, Zechariah 14, all these prophetic things. Like, Just understand we're in it, Mm -hmm. but we've been in it. Right. There's not two separate salvation plans. Mm -hmm. There's not two separate peoples of God. There's not Israel and the church. There's one. There's spiritual Israel, but it would only get worse and it will only get worse for national Israel and spiritual Israel until it gets so bad and Jesus returns, mm-hmm. you know, so that's where we are and that's what's happening. And so nation will continue to rise up against nation and those nations, when that happens, have just like Ukraine is just in defending themselves against Russia. Um, Israel is just in defending itself against attacks that it faces. Nation, nations can defend themselves, mm-hmm. but this is going to continue to happen, but it is, it, it, it does hit different when it's Israel because of the historicity of it, because of the biblical connotations of it. Um, and so I hope this is helpful for people to understand that we're not in the last times because Hamas just attacked Israel. We're not in the last times because Israel right. became a nation in 1948. We're in the last times because Jesus rose again. Amen. Um, and the church is alive and we're mm-hmm. adding people from every tribe, tongue and nation. And that will continue to happen in the midst of persecution, and then Jesus will return. Hmm. And he will gather all of his people, Jews and Gentiles alike. This has been uh, hopefully very informative. Um, It's helped us to have discussions outside of this podcast for the last few days. Yeah, uh, Pastor Jason and I have met for uh, hours just discussing, hey, what are we going to say? How are we going to say it? And then just doing research. Yeah. Because um, all all of this is not off the top of the head. Yeah, no. Um, so there is a transcript. Actually, I always say there's no transcript. <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, there is a transcript. So when Pastor Jason was going through that timeline, and and you really want to check that out, uh, you can also Google a timeline. It's of, very easy of yeah. the history of the land of Israel. You can also find out what's going on in your country. Uh, what's going on. In Atlanta, I mean, there was anti-Semitism happening at a fraternity in Georgia, at yeah. Georgia Tech. Yeah, um, it's happening 
uh, on all the college campuses. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to an FBI agent friend of mine on Monday. I said, hey, did you get involved in what happened at Georgia Tech? He said, no, that was handled by uh, Georgia Tech police. Yeah. Um, but it's everywhere. Yeah, and to this, I was going to say, and I don't know if I interrupted your, your thought process there. I but, had no thought process. Yeah, no, <laughs> just picking backing off of your saying us talking, I think one of the the – one of the best things about you not only trusting Jesus as a Jewish person, but now being a pastor on our staff is you've helped me understand and appreciate how Jewish our faith is. Mm -hmm. So the better we can understand mm. Judaism, mm. the better we can understand the old Testament, Yes, the better we can understand the new. Mm -hmm. And that's why going to Israel was so huge. And that's why I'm eternally grateful to God that Israel became a nation again mm. in 1948 and they've done all this archaeological study so that believers from around the world can visit right. and see it. I mean, how many people have come to Christ simply because the nation of Israel exists again? Okay. Our tour guide. Yes. <laughs> our, yes. Our tour guide that would have identified as a Jewish Israeli yeah. major in the IDF yeah. has since come to Christ. Yes. Because and, of his understanding. Yeah. And he identifies now as a born again believer. Yes just like you, who is ethnically Jewish, mm -hmm. but now has trusted Christ. Mm -hmm. So again, that's why I think it's important for us to have this sensitivity to the history of the Jewish people, understand why anti-Semitism has no place because of the Jewishness of our faith. And understanding, again, it's although it is technically two separate religions, but the heart of God was always one people. It, like I've said, it was from the Jews, but it wasn't just for the Jews. Mm -hmm. So our Savior is Jewish, but he's not just the Jewish Messiah. He's the Messiah of all who would believe, made up of every tribe, tongue, mm -hmm. and nation. So I, I do think as Christians, we need to have that understanding and sensitivity. So it's good to know these things so that you're not swayed in higher education by right. somebody who says that Israel's evil mm -hmm. um, and they just took this. You know, no, you, there's a broader context here you need to understand. Yep. And... And really, depending upon where you're following the information. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a uh, a Jewish believer uh, come to church on Sunday, mm. and I got to meet her afterwards. And she said to me, I'm, I'm really looking for a church that just doesn't talk about the New Testament. <laughs> and, and I said, well, uh, that's this church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're going to, you're going to get both. And, yeah. and, and sometimes you're just going to get the old Testament, but yeah. you're also going to get the gospel. Yeah. Um, so well, can, you, know, you can't understand each other without it, without it. Right. Yeah. Right. It's uh, old Testament is the new Testament concealed. Yes. New Testament is the old Testament revealed. Exactly. Yes. I'm very grateful to be a part of a church um, that is led um, by someone that's willing to go there. Yeah. So thank you for this conversation. Um, reach out to your Jewish friends. They're hurting. Yes. Whether you think they are or not, whether they are secular Jews or not. In, yeah. in my neighborhood, I've reached out to the people that I know that are Jewish. Yeah. Uh, they are not going to synagogue. They're, they're not believers in God. Yeah. They're secular and... Uh, but they're all hurting. We're all hurting because of our history. The history, of course. Yeah. So, and that's where you're mm -hmm. right. We we shouldn't just try to convince them that Jesus is their <laughs> Messiah. We should just empathize. Yes. Um, and again, it, it's that's I think the people the part that people struggle with is like, well, why don't Jewish people believe that Jesus is their Messiah? 
why don't Gentile people believe it? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same. Yes. It's because of hardness of heart mm-hmm. and unbelief. I'll never forget when you said that during Romans and you said, Hey, let's, let's, let's chill out on the Jewish people. Yeah. Uh, because it's easy to say how, how, how they miss Jesus. Yeah. And you, you said, Hey, how many people sitting here have missed Jesus? Have missed Jesus. You grew up in church your whole life and you missed Jesus because mm-hmm. you made it about your works and not grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, this is the longest podcast. Hour and a half, baby. Yep. Um, we need. We talked a lot about geology. We, we did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we did talk about the geography. Yeah, uh, we didn't get much into the topography, but just understand that every missile is pointing down. Yes, toward the Sea of Galilee. Yeah, and then every missile is pointing up to Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is that is important. We could it spend is. another fifteen minutes on that. We but. could. Yeah, we always end the show with uh, names. We're not. We're not going to do that today. No, I, don't, um, I think it's fine. Yeah, and uh, but we do end with some pretty good advice. And if there's ever any a time to do this, it would be now. Well, actually, I was going to say from the Holy Spirit. How about we end in praying instead of just the advice? That'd be good. Yeah, Father, thank you uh, so much for loving us and for enacting your plan uh, all the way back in Genesis three when Adam and Eve sinned and how you promised that you would bring um, the seed of the woman to crush the head of the serpent. And God, we know that you did that through Abraham and you chose him and through his line, uh, Isaac and Jacob, which became Israel and which was a family that turned into a nation of families that our savior came. And so, God, we thank you for choosing the Jewish people. We thank you for creating them um, by grace Mm -hmm. and your electing of them to bring about the law, the prophets, and the writings, and ultimately Jesus. That is how Paul looked at it, uh, and that is how we should look at it, God. So we thank you for the history of the Jewish people, and we do pray for historical Israel, uh, the nation of Israel, as they are under attack and are defending themselves. Uh, God, I pray for their leaders, that you give them wisdom, that you would help them to know uh, how to best defend themselves. Pray for our leaders here in America. I thank you that Israel is our ally. And um, God, we they should be, because not only because of the biblical reasons, but because of the historical ones and for what they represent. And so, God, I pray for wisdom for all the leaders. And then we pray against uh, this evil, the spirit of Hamas and the evil spirits that uh, are ruling and reigning so many other nations and countries and people groups that have evil in their heart to destroy a group of people. Um, God, we pray against them. We know in the end that Jesus wins, that things will get worse, but Jesus will return. Mm -hmm. And when he returns, he will subdue every nation and every evil power underneath his feet. And so God, we look forward to that day. That is our hope, but we also look forward to seeing finally um, all the nations of the earth having peace as you have brought people out of every nation to life in Christ. So help us to understand Mm -hmm. that while we support the nation of Israel, God, we also know that there is a spiritual Israel called the church made up of people groups of every tribe, tongue, and nation. And that is what we're 
ultimately about. We are about making disciples of all nations, which will include people that historically have hated each other. Uh, and so, God, we pray for the church. We pray for the church in Gaza. We pray for the church in Israel, in Arab and, and Muslim countries. God, we pray that you would stand up on behalf of your church and you would draw people to Jesus and they would be saved. And knowing that even though they are facing persecution, God, that in the end we win because of Jesus. So thank you for this, God. Thank you for David and his heart and how you have not only saved him, God, but you have shown him how he doesn't have to be ashamed of his heritage and history, uh, but he can celebrate it because of the historical and biblical significance of it. And do pray against anti-Semitism in this country and every country in the same way we pray against racism and hatred against any group of people. But God, help the Jewish people to know and understand that Jesus is their Savior and Jesus came to save them and help every person to know Gentiles uh, alike that Jesus is the Savior. And we will have no peace on this earth from a political solution, but it only comes from you. So, God, we thank you for this time and this conversation and pray that you'd bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for that. Thank you for this conversation. Definitely necessary. Yeah. Trust God. Trust God. Take a nap. Amen. Amen.